Welcome to the Authorpreneur Mindset, a podcast about the writer's life and what it takes to become successful, both traditionally and as an indie. It's a podcast that takes a look at the business aspect of the publishing industry and picks it apart. If you enjoy the show and want more, you can sign up for the Steam Power Dreams mailing list to receive emails with valuable information right in your inbox. Just head over to steampowerdreams.com slash authorpreneurmindset to sign up now. Imagine this. You've been working hard on your very first manuscript for some time now, and you finally finished that rough draft. You know it's still a long way to go, and you have some friends reading over it who you know will both tell you if it's good or not, but also be gentle and understanding at the same time. I mean, after all, it's just a rough draft. But where do you go from there? Hey everyone, I'm Jeremy Collier, and this is the third episode of the Authorpreneur Mindset. So quick update on me on a personal level, you may notice by my voice, I came down sick this last week and it's ridiculous. It seems like I'm getting, I get sick every month. When I used to work in education and when I was teaching the kindergartners, I thought, you know, it was uh, because I was exposed to the young kids who didn't really know how to take care of themselves very well, but it seems like even now that I'm not working in education anymore, I still get sick every other month or sometimes more. I actually know exactly how I got sick this time, and it was through my nephew, who I tutor, and we were we are very close quarters when we tutor because uh, we, you know, use an app on my phone and we use a program on my computer to work together. And so last week when he was sick, or two weeks ago when he was sick, um, you know, I took precautions, I washed my hands a lot, I sanitized my phones, but the thing is, there's that interaction that we had during the session that must have just gotten me sick. So I'm going to push through this one, get it up, get it done so that I can get these podcasts out. I still haven't released the first episode, but I'm planning on doing that this upcoming week, which would mean that, um, which would be the first week of April. So you're probably listening to this towards the end of April, if everything goes goes right. Anyway, uh, quick update on Steam Power Dreams as well. Websites at Steam Power Dreams is just about to launch, and by the time this episode comes out, it should actually be already launched. Uh, websites for at Steam Power Dream. Uh, I'm not really sure I'm going to call it websites at Steam Power Dream, but from Steam Power Dreams yet. But uh, this is a website service directed mostly towards writers, but there's, you know, uh, an aspect for all creative types and and other people as well. Anybody who thinks they can use the 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 theme is is more than welcome to hire us. But uh, it's it's an all inclusive one time pack. For that we install on your on your web server, or you can get a web server through us. And what it does is we act. It's it's a fully fledged author slash writer website. You don't need to be published. You don't need to have a first book. If you're a writer that just wants to start your website, that's this is a great place to go. And best of all, we're actually a lot cheaper than most of our competitors. I've been looking at a lot of these competitors and they charge up to $2,000 for the same thing that I'm only charging a little under $1,000 for. Uh, if this is something you're interested in, go check out websites.steampoweredreams.com um, and use the promo code podcast. You get a 15% off. 
But with that said, let's get right into the topic this week. Uh, just actually before we get into the topic, I wanted to talk a little about what this podcast is going to look like once it becomes, once I start doing the podcast regularly, once they start coming out every week, once I start doing interviews, uh, these podcasts, these solo podcasts, which I'm debating if I want to keep solo or get a co-host, um, but that's that's going to come with time. I also want to start talking about industry news. So the idea is the first 10 to 15 minutes of the podcast will be me talking about myself, um, Steam Power Dreams, uh, the industry, the publishing industry, and then the next half hour or so will be the topic. These first episodes are not that long, and I also don't have any industry news to speak of right now, but that's the idea is that it gives you, it gives listeners um, an insight into a publishing company by me talking about what's going on with me, but also an insight into the industry and news that is um, relevant to both self-published and traditionally published writers. All right, so today's topic comes from Kaylee Esther Rosenberry, who says, I've just finished the rough draft to my first book in my fantasy slash adventure series. It's my first novel, and I'm working hard on my second as well. What's my next step? I have several beta readers already lined up and reading as we speak. What's next? My plan is to pursue a more traditional publication instead of self-publishing. Well, thank you, Kaylee, for the question. And the short answer is edit and rewrite until you can't feel your fingers anymore. I'm kidding, of course, but there is a lot to do before you even think about submitting it to an agent or publisher, and even more to do if you're going to be self-publishing. Since you already have beta readers who are reading your book, this is a great place to start, but let me caution everybody on giving your book to beta readers too early. Many times, you only have one shot with a beta reader, so you want the book to be as well-written as you can possibly do before handing it to them. This might mean three or four rounds of edits and rewrites, or just a single one. It's different for all authors, but that's where you should start. For me, I tend to do one full, or after my after my first draft, I tend to do one full edit of my own, and then send it to my beta readers. The reasoning over this is because my first drafts are generally really solid, and very little needs to be done in the way of story, plot holes, uh, and things like that, but I like to make that pass to make sure there is no plot holes, make sure there is no problems, correct as much spelling, grammar, and syntax as I can, and then send it to my beta readers. Now, my my first set of beta readers could be seen more as alpha readers, and then the difference, real quick, between beta and alpha readers, alpha readers tend to be those that uh, you know you can give us give your book to who don't care about bad sentences, who don't care about grammar and syntax. Their only concern is those uh, plot problems, those character development problems. And I have uh, between one and two uh, alpha readers that I send to at that point. Uh, Most of the time, they also act as beta readers, which also point out things such as um, sentence structure and and grammar and, and paragraph problems or chapter problems. But if needed, these are people that I know don't don't mind reading my book twice, and that's important here, because like I said, beta readers tend you only tend to get one shot with them. There tend to be people who are not willing to read your book twice, as where alpha readers a lot of times they're willing to read it more than once. 
Alpha readers are not as important as beta readers, but if you can get them, they're great. After your beta readers, it's time to think about their feedback and implement what you what you think is important. And this is important to point out. All the information you get from your beta readers is not golden. You might feel like, oh, you know, they've taken their time. I should listen to them and I should make sure that I, I use their feedback. But the truth is that not all of their advice will work for everyone. Um, this is why I like to get three beta readers and go with the majority. Um, and then the good thing is you can always ask the other ones what their opinion is, too, if they don't mention it. Anyway, after beta readers and after you've implemented their feedback, you have the option of seeking out a developmental editor. The benefits here is that they're a professional who has built a career on knowing what's good and what's not good in a book, even down usually to a specific genre. The bad news is that they do cost quite a bit, and if you have a very tight budget, it's better spent later in the copy editing, proof, proof editing, proofreading, or uh, development stages of the actual physical book. So if you do go with a, a developmental editor, they'll usually work with you to work through any of these plot problems and uh, go back and forth. They're not going to do more than one pass through your book, but they're more than willing to talk to you about questions, at least a good developmental editor. I do developmental editing, and I find that the best type of developmental editor, the best type of client, thinking as a developmental editor, is those that I can ask questions to and they, we can go back and forth rather than me just give them a list of what I think. Because the truth is, I didn't write the book. The, the author did, and they should, they should, like, maybe they have a reason for putting the fantasy character in space. Maybe they're thinking about two books ahead, and, you know, their elf goes to space, and there's a reason for that. I mean, it seems like a big plot hole, something that shouldn't happen, but maybe this world, quote-unquote, really isn't just a fantasy world. Maybe it's a futuristic world, and it's just not a apparent in the first book. Um... So once you've been through these two steps, the beta readers and developmental editors, and fixed all the plot holes and mistakes, that's when you're going to look for a copy editor. Now, I want to specify here that you need to do as much work as possible before getting a copy editor. Every single story point should be down, locked, and done. You're not going to be changing any story points or um, plot points or character points any longer, with the exception of some copy editors will give light developmental edit as they go. Um, again, when I do copy editing, I like to give some developmental editing in there. I find it's valuable, but I also let the writer know, hey, this is just me thinking as a reader at this point, no longer as a developmental editor in the sense that I'm not looking for every little thing because you've already gotten to that point. You, this is how you want your book. Some people will tell you that you shouldn't pay for editing prior to submitting to a publisher. But times have changed, and most publishers won't look past page one unless it's near perfect as it can be. Spend the money to get your copy edits done, and you won't regret it. You don't have to spend huge amounts of money on a, on a single-pass copy edit. Look for someone who charges one cent a word or something around there. It's better if you can get a slightly more expensive, maybe uh, 1.5 cents a word, that's where you get into the professional level. But if you can't afford it, don't go less than one cent a word. It's a big warning, though, because quality on your editors go down quick. If you're going the traditional route, you're going to want to start researching agents and publishers 
during the copy editing phase. The copy editing phase is going to take anywhere between a week to a month or even longer depending on the length of your book and how busy your copy editor is. This is a great time for two things. Start writing your next book and start looking into agents and publishers if you're going to go the traditional route. If you're looking for a small press or medium press, they tend to not require agents and many of them actually prefer not to have them at all, but all the bigger names won't even look your direction unless you have one. A quick note on this, and I think I talked about this last week, but the reason the small and medium press don't require agents and don't like them as much is actually because agents take money away from both the writer and the publisher. When you're dealing with a small press who is, you know, uh, not a billion dollar company, they want to keep as much money as they can while still making you happy. Still be very careful, and I suggest maybe paying a lawyer to look over any legal documents before signing them, but for the most part, you don't need agents, and I do not recommend them for the smaller presses. Again, all this information will be on a publisher's website, so make sure you check that check out each individual website, maybe even make a spreadsheet so you know exactly what you're doing, how to submit, if you need an agent, or um, things like that. If you are going with an agent, they'll know which publishers to submit to. You don't actually have to do the research. Once you have your agent or you've submitted to your publishers, then you wait. It may be weeks or months, but you wait. And trust me, normally it's months. The rejections will start coming in, and you should feel good about this. Because that means you have people reading your work. Read every single rejection, especially those that have the constructive criticism. And then move on. Some people like to keep these, some people like to shred them, some burn them. Do whatever makes you feel best about them, but make sure you embrace the fact that you are out there. You have sent your work away and people are looking at it to consider it for publication. Listen to your agent if you have one. When they say something might need to be done, either altering parts of your story or whatever it is, listen to them because they know the industry the best. And they're always on top of the changing industry, especially with genre fiction. Then one day, you'll finally get that letter that tells you you're going to be published. It's an amazing feeling, but there's still a long way to go at that point. And the thing is, after this point, the process is different for every author and can last anywhere between six months to two years before your book is actually out there. That's right. It can take up to two years before a book is published, even after you've waited six months to a year to hear from a publisher. Because there's there will be negotiations over royalties, rights, cover design, sections of your story that they want you to rewrite, rounds of editing, and possibly even months of silence. But once that contract is signed, rest assured that it will happen. At this point, you will be a published author, and it feels great, but it takes a lot of time. Another thing that has changed these days is the author is required to do their own marketing. The publisher will put you on their website, sure, promote you on their mailing list, but probably won't spend very much money, if any, at all on advertising your book. At least not at first. So make sure you talk with them about what you can do. But generally, make sure to reach out to all your social networks, friends, family, or whoever to buy your book within the release window, which is usually the first two to three weeks. The more downloads or purchases you get, and the more reviews you get within this window, the more likely you'll be to be promoted by your publisher to a greater extent. 
what publishers do these days is actually base how much money they spend on you upon how much money you've made them. So if you can prove to them that you can get 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 reviews quickly and that your book is selling, you know, 100, 200, 300 copies a month right out of the window, they're more likely to spend the their hard-earned money or maybe sometimes not so hard-earned depending on the publisher to promote you and that will help your book sell more. Before we end this episode, there is something I want to remind you that you cannot forget though. That you should be doing this throughout the whole process. And it's the most important step any author can take, whether you're going to be self-published or traditionally published. And that's to start writing your next book. By the time you have your first book published, you should be well on your way to finishing your second, if not already done. It doesn't matter if the traditional publisher you went through doesn't want, doesn't, didn't sign you for two books or three books. Keep writing. No author can make a career off of a single book these days. All right, well, I hope this answered your question, Kaylee. And if any of you have any questions, there's two ways to reach me. The first is through the website at steampowerdreams slash authorpreneurmindset, and then click on Ask a Question. The second is to join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash SPD Writers Helping Writers. And I'll have links to that in the show notes. You can also get a hold of me on Twitter at Soul Scribbler, on Instagram at Authorpreneur Mindset, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Jeremy L. Collier. Until next week, I'm your host, and don't forget to keep moving forward. The music for the podcast, named Funky Element, provided by Ben Sound at bensound.com. <laughs>